Welcome back everyone to the Entrepreneur Youth. Today I'm on with Caleb Gilliams. Caleb is a brilliant finance entrepreneur and the 23-year-old CEO of company Better Wealth, author of The End Asset, host of the Better Wealth podcast, and a fantastic public speaker. On today's episode, we talked about the sacrifices you have to make in order to start a business and a secret strategy for networking Caleb calls the student card, so listen for that. We also talked about having a mission for your life and how the death of one of Caleb's co-founders helped him refocus on what was important. Make sure to listen all the way to the end because Caleb gives his two pieces of advice for starting entrepreneurs and the whole episode is just filled with knowledge bombs. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Caleb Williams. So Caleb, how are you doing today? Chase, I'm doing amazing. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm really, really proud of you to start this. And uh, yeah, man, I see a lot of myself in you. Well, thank you so much, Caleb. Yeah, this is this is our first ever episode <laughs> of the podcast. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, obviously be be prepared for it being kind of scuffed. So, you know, first time ever. You know, and um, it's a, it's such an honor being the first person on your podcast. When we talked earlier, I just said, you know what, majority of people don't aren't willing to start. So congratulations for putting yourself out there, number one, and then consistency. If you're oh, listening to this podcast, if you're a supporter of Chase, um, make sure to be a true friend. When he, uh, if he, if you're not being consistent, I'm hoping your true friends will call you out because that happened to me when I started <laughs> my podcast, and I needed the kick in the pants to get going and. Now we now we produce podcasts every day. So we've gone from early on not being consistent in every week to now doing a daily podcast. And that doesn't happen overnight, but um, no, this will be really fulfilling to you. Gotta be honest, it's insane that you're able to do that every day. And speak, speaking of starting, um, so Caleb, you are, I would say, extraordinarily successful. I mean, you're what, 23, 24, 23, yep. right? I'm, I'm, I turned 24, yeah. Turned 24. So. And you are... CEO of a company, a book author, a public speaker, you've done all this amazing stuff. How did it start? Like yeah. where, where did that start? Well, so I, my company is headquartered in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. um, but it started in central Wisconsin. I was the oldest of six kids. My parents were not in the financial space, but my dad was in the medical research space. My mom stayed home and homeschooled us. So I was homeschooled and I had a un- unique uh, upbringing. What, what your audience needs to know about me is I struggle with dyslexia. So really? reading and spelling and writing is extremely hard for me. And um, I've always been really small for my age. Um, and so it's just like that was always an insecurity. Now, I'm probably like five foot seven or eight now. So I'm not, I'm like average now. Oh, so you're like the exact same size as me. There, there you go. <laughs> but I was always, I was always incredibly small. And so I always had these like insecurities, but I was the oldest of six kids. And, and so very much like mature. So I was like on one hand, mature, competitive, the typical third third parent yeah um, yeah but then i also had like some insecurities and so i my my mom really helped me when she pulled me you know under her wing one day and said you know caleb people like don't focus on the things that you can't control like your height mm-hmm. but the things that you can control you have to focus on so like yeah. your reading it's hard for you but go all in and so that was like a really good for me i was like you know what i'm not going to be a victim I'm going to take responsibility and I need, I'm going to learn how to outwork people because I need to in certain areas of my life. And so the reason I share that story is that that very much is a part of my DNA. And I'm not like I didn't come out of the womb gifted in like understanding money, but I, I definitely mm-hmm. met the right people. And I'm 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 just a I'm just a result of people pouring into my life. And so I ended up getting a farm job, starting to make money. 
um, took that money and started investing it. And so I was very fascinated with how that worked. When I was 17, I, I met um, a guy who helped me get a job at a bank. So at 17 years old, I worked as a teller and um, started learning how to talk to people. I got really comfortable handling money, seeing what people made. And so that that creates confidence because we yeah, live in a yeah. world where no one wants to talk about money. And I, from a very young age, I was just put in situations where we talked about money. And then I've always been drawn to the financial planning sector. And so um, we had an investment department, a part of our bank. And so I was very much a part of that growing up and wanted to be the assistant and got licensed when I was 18 to be an assistant. And when I was 19 years old, Chase, the guy that was running our investment department took another job. And so at 19 years old, I became one of the youngest people to take over that that division, that quarter office of the bank and help people with uh, their investing. And that was, it was really humbling, scary. It was exciting and being 19 years old and literally having the corner office. I, I was a freshman uh, at college at the time. And so I was going to school, I was living at home. I was working 35, 40 hours at the bank. So I was burning the candle at both ends. And that's what got me on this journey of like, I really love this idea of helping people with money. I wanna do everything I can to help people really understand why they wanna do what they wanna do and then learn things about investing and money. And so there's a, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. I'm a big fan of understanding your why and helping people really get clear on that. That was something that I was always drawn to. And I think that's what um, got me through, especially being young and not know, not being an expert at everything. Like it, it helped me with conversations because I would always go back to someone's why. And then I would do everything I could to help them make that a reality. And then I would then this the journey of just um, continuing to learn about money, about tax strategies, about mm. being more efficient, and so that and and the cool thing is when you're young, you can reach out to people. You can reach out to people like me. You can reach out to people that you that you really admire, and people give you a shot. And that's what happened in my life. And so um, when I was 21 years old, I left the bank on good terms and started Better Wealth. And now we as a company are like a think of us as like a financial planners and educators mm -hmm. online. We have clients in all 50 states. Wow. I have 15 people on my team and we're using the internet to coach, to help people with their money, to educate. Um, and now we're getting into some software development. So it's just really, it's humbling to see like all the things, areas that we've grown in, but I also can't forget all the people that have poured in my life to help me get to where we are now. That That's a lot of stuff, Caleb. That's, that's amazing. And you you started on a farm job and you know fit what 15 years old you said started as a as a farm at a farm job yep uh eight years later you're running a cut yeah nine years later you're running a company of 15 people developing software in all 50 states that is insane no i mean yeah i my my family runs a farm so i kind i kind of get where you're coming from there i i i spend my summers in the fields picking awesome. all kinds of crops but I kind of want to go back to the beginning and do a like a little bit of a deeper dive. You said at 17, you got your first job at a bank, right? Yep. Yep. And you said you, th there was a guy who got you in into the bank. Who who was it? Yep. Like, how did that relationship? How did you foster that relationship? Yeah, this is, uh, actually, thank you so much for asking this question. So I, again, I was like very into investing, but a lot of people look at me now and you know, I've like, I speak and I ha have a podcast and, and they're like, oh, you just love to talk and you're uh, love people. I was, I was very like, I would say more introverted when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I love people, but I was just very like, I didn't like love meeting new people. I was kind of nervous about that. And so we had a family friend who had a good friend of hers ran, her, his name was Dick Judy. 
and he used to be the lead professor at the university in the business department and it was well connected and helped helped my friend with with her business when she was running it and so she got me a she got me a meeting with him at ihop and and chase i was so nervous for that meeting that i it was you know in wisconsin it gets cold and it was during the winter i i left my car on I forgot to turn off my car because I was so nervous and my mom actually helped me write out questions. So, so how old are you? I'm 16 at the moment. So 16 years old, dude, you're having a podcast and you're talking to people 17 years old. I, I was so nervous to talk to a a person that I forgot to turn off my car and and thank goodness no one (laughs) stole it. You know, it wasn't that great of a car, but, um, but the point that I'm making is I came in and within 10, 15 minutes, everything changed for me because he was super nice. He was encouraging. He helped me, but he, he used his cell phone. He, he picked up his cell phone and made one call because he was on the board of the bank and yeah. got me a job. And, and that was the wow. first lesson that I learned that was like, wow, your net worth really is in your network. And it's like, I, as someone young, spend your time getting to know people, spend your time building relationships, spend your time seeking experts because I'm telling you, it's gonna pay dividends. It's gonna it's gonna pay off, and and then really, it's what what is truly fulfilling, anyways. It's like what is really fulfilling is people. Money yeah. can't fulfill you. That that is a knowledge bomb right there. Uh, your net worth is your network. I I you know you hear you hear people say it all the time. Um, but it I mean this story really just exemplifies how true that is. One phone call and you had a job. That's that's amazing. So you went, you went in, you left your car. Did, just out of curiosity, did you run out of gas? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank goodness. I, I don't, I don't remember how I, again, it, it's, it gets wicked cold in, in Wisconsin. So, so looking on the positive side, I got to leave and have a, have a car that wasn't cold, but there, it just, it, it has never happened. Like I've, it's like, it's not like I've done that more than once. I think it, it came down to, I would, I just, my mind was so, again, it was just so like, I didn't know what I didn't know at 17 years old. I knew I wanted to do something in the money space, but you have to realize this. I wasn't very confident in myself and I didn't think I was going to even get through college. Now, now here's a little secret with college. If you try, you'll get, you'll pass because the bar (laughs) is set so low in so many schools. Cause there's, I mean, I, so I did extremely well in college and graduated a year early. Not again, my IQ is not that high. It's because I, what I do, I, I put in effort. And I think oh, that's yeah. that's the thing is whatever you do, be wholehearted in it, and 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 really and go back to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's another book that's just a must read, and right. really be proactive and seek with the end in mind. So so don't try to do things just to try to hack the system. Like actually start asking yourself why you want to do things. And if you're 16, 17, 18, 20 years old, and you're starting to read those books and starting to actually seek with the end in mind nobody, nobody will be able to take that away from you. Like you'll be set up so far ahead of the average person. I don't, you pick a sector you will, you will, you will be successful in. Yeah. I, I think that is so true. Um, cause my, my friends, I am probably the only person in my actual friend group who reads finance books and self-improvement. Uh, you know, I, 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 all, I just all that whole category. I think the only person in my friend group who maybe even reads. <laughs> yeah. Um, no kidding. Cause I'm friends with some really smart people, but they just, they don't have the desire or the time or the energy yep. to, or, or the motivation to go out and read things and actually try to improve themselves. Can I say it, something controversial? 
sure, that go ahead. might make me hated within your friend group is I, I really think you need to look at video games and ask yourself the question, what value is this bringing to my life? Oh, no, I, I have that thought all the time because, <laughs> Caleb, I have lost so many days to video games. Like, yeah. I, I have just so much wasted time. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's another book called by Darren Hardy. And Darren Hardy wrote the book, The Compound Effect. And he pretty much says that you're either exponentially growing or you're exponentially getting worse. There's no such thing as just staying the same. And th here's here's what I want to say. I've played video games. My parents actually did not allow video games in the house. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, as a 15, 16 year old kid, I was like, man, I, I love Madden, right? I you know <laughs> I would I'd play it with my friends, always lose. But it's like I was a little bit frustrated. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. And it's not a blanket statement across the board. Like there's there's so don't take this this the wrong way. But I, I look at one of the things that sucks potential and, and really just sucks the energy and passion and like, and, you know, optimism out of so many people. I, it's video games. Now, again, oh, yeah. it doesn't make me super popular. But the point is, if you really want to go after it, if you really want, like, if you really do the hard work when you're young and say, like, what does Chase want? What does Caleb want? Like, what do we actually want in life? While everybody else is gaming or or on TikTok and all those things, you can actually start making moves. And I'm telling you, there's not a ton of people that are going for it. Oh, and no, so I, just I, by yeah, just yeah. by having that mindset, you're gonna be you're gonna be leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. Oh, I 100% agree. Because I, I mean, the day the days where I play way too many video games, which there's been more than one of those, because <laughs> you you sit down and then suddenly it's been two hours and. Right. It's I like, you know, you, you start it's, and this. This applies to anything, really social media, um, video gaming, even just like watching TV, you sit down. And but once you're sitting down, it's so hard to get back up. And, you know, I, I not not even just with all of that. I think that applies to everything in life, because I think once you sit back and you let and you, you I think being satisfied with where you are kind of to me is one of the most dangerous things because if you're satisfied you're not you, you're not having the ambition to go after the things that you want because when, when I'm sitting down and I'm watching tv I'm like ah I, I'm satisfied I'm good I'm good right here and I'm not taking those steps forward to better myself to better the people around me so that I can right. help the world and I, I really think that that's one of the most detrimental things that can happen to people is they just yep. sit back and they let themselves be satisfied be that in video games or in social media or in anything Yep. And that I think it really just hampers people's complacency. We oh, will, yeah. we will be, we will, yeah, we're, we're, we have a weak society right now. And, and, and again, it's, I don't want people to think I'm, I'm pretty positive. I love to encourage <laughs> people. The reason I'm on here and the reason I'm thrilled to be your, your, your first episode is like, I, I'm, I want to be an encouragement and, and like encourage people to go after it. I'm telling you, man, we live, we live in a place where um, people are not, um, not going for it. And I just, if I could change one thing, I want people to live to their highest potential. And mm -hmm. I just, I get fired up to see people go for it like you. So props to you, man. Well, thank you so much, Caleb. But yeah, no, it's the world is a crazy place. So on, on kind of that topic of getting up and going after it and not being complacent, um, when you, so you, you started your job at 17 and then you got offered a position as the head of the finance department. What yep. what did you do that the, the bank CEO was like? This kid, yeah. this nineteen year old, he's the one. What did what well, did you do? 
That's that's a great question. So one of the things that was interesting about our bank is the CEO. It was a fifth generation, mm-hmm. you know, family owned bank, and they had three three branches, three locations, and the CEO actually lived in uh, Texas, and we yeah. were in Wisconsin. So he would come to the bank once a month. And you know what's interesting is very few people actually like after hours he would just you know meet with other people or just go back to his hotel room. And so early on, I just asked him, "Hey, if you have a free evening, um, I would love to talk t- to you about the business." And so as a teller, I was one of the few people that started brainstorming and strategizing how we could grow the bank. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just how I'm. T- that's how I like think. That's how yeah. I'm designed. Um, but if you can imagine, you have this, you have this teller that's making $8 an hour. that's like strategizing and how we can grow as a bank. That was incredibly valuable and life-giving to him. And so he was very much like a second father to me. And he, he was, a, um, he, he, I think he was a CFP before he took over the bank. And so he very much knew a lot about the money stuff. And so I remember one time he walked me through like how mutual funds work. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, we we talked about other strategies and it's just it just like opened my eyes, yeah. which was really, really cool. And so one of the things that happened is I also was very into networking and very connected in our hometown. And so um I got offered a ton of jobs. Yeah. When I was when I was 19 years old, I got offered well, actually when I was 18, I got offered a ton of jobs that paid sometimes some of the jobs paid twice as much as I was making at Community First Bank. But in my head, I knew that Community First Bank was going to give me the platform, give me the experience to help me go to where I wanted. So even being 19 years old, I did not care about money. Yeah, I, I did long term, but I was like, I want to put myself in a situation that will add the most value. Mm-hmm. So I stayed at the bank and worked as our, our investment department assistant. Now, I still was making $8 an hour. And, and my <laughs> mom was like, my mom, especially, and she's amazing, but she's like, Caleb, like, you should try to ask for a raise or get a job that you can make more money. Because again, in her mind, she's like, you're a hard worker. You should be making more money. And I'm telling you, don't work for money. You can learn one thing. Don't work for money. Cause you always, you always think, um, you always think like a poor person. And I hate to say that, but it's like the people that try to trade time for money, it's just, it's never really going to turn out well for them. And so I always knew that. And I was like, I'm in a right place. I'm in a position. And then it was just a perfect storm. It was like, I had a great relationship with the bank CEO. The person that was running our bank's investment department took another job. So there was an opening. I was one of the only people that were licensed. I took it over at temporary, but since we had such a good, um, we just had such a good experience and we lost no customers and all that stuff. That experience just pretty much allowed us to, um, keep the job so like i never did like it just kind of like i moved in temporary and stayed there till i left and so that was it was just like a perfect storm i would say there's a lot of luck involved but there was also like it happened when the moment i got the job at the bank i started working on that position not even knowing that that was going to be a thing well i mean you you kind of created your own luck i mean because obviously you didn't know that you were going to get offered chief financial officer position but I mean, you, you started brainstorming, you were working with the CEO, you were the assistant to the financial officer, you know, you were, you were right there, you were doing all the right things to create the luck that you needed to get into that position. Because yep. um, obviously, yes, I've, uh, everything is up to luck in the end, yep. but you have to be ready to seize that luck, I think that's is something right. that's really important. That's right. That's 100% right. So was it, was it like daunting being 19 and CFO of a bank? Like, yeah. I, what was 
what was what was the most scary is when people would come into the bank and they would come in for their financial review and I would come out and you know have them come in I had I had the second largest office at the bank <laughs> yeah and they come in and I shut the door and then you could just see like a 10 minutes of horror like I was this child gonna help me with my money <laughs> so it just like again man like it's it's humbling beginnings and a lot of people are like how in the world did you be able to you know grow a seven-figure business when you're 21 22 23 and now now 24 and it just there's just a lot of maturity that was learned in that and and i and a lot of humility too because i it's not like i'm again i'm far like if i can do it anybody can i, yeah. I really do mean that i would say i would say my eq my emotional intelligence is a lot higher because it had to be mm -hmm. um this is a quote that i'm taking from simon sinek but simon was in an interview and he just pretty much said the solutions that you find your weaknesses growing up become your greatest strength. Think about that. Yeah. The weaknesses that you have in your life, maybe the solutions that you find that you that you create through compensating for those weaknesses, they they might become your greatest strength. That is that's an awesome quote. Yeah. No, I that that's a hundred percent true. Um, I mean, e even in my own life, because one one of the one of the biggest things um, I really I really got into the whole this whole finance and everything surrounding it like not, not even a year ago. Um, and I really realized how, like how little I knew, you know? Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've just been trying to learn more and more and more and more. And I've been meeting people like you yeah. and in, in a way that lack of knowledge has become a strength. I know, I know more yeah. than probably, yeah. I, I know more about finance than every other, any other kid my age yeah. or probably anyone in my school. And I probably, at least in, in terms of the philosophy, of it i know yep. more than probably the average person so this is this would be fun right now let me let me go through the key principles on some of the things that i learned that i wish i would have known at your age all right yeah that'll be big yeah let's hear it okay so number one the most important investment the most important asset an asset is anything that you can invest in that my definition of an asset is getting getting you closer to live intentionally robert kiyosaki's definition of an asset is put money back in your pocket uh, Investopedia's definition of an asset is just something of value. Okay. Mm -hmm. The number one thing that you could invest in is yourself. Okay. Majority of people, period, are living to a fraction of what they can be. So if you are, no matter how old you are, but if you, especially if you're young, make sure to set up your life, live healthy, have great relationships, you know, put your money, but don't try to invest your money and, and, and devalue you okay that's just one thing and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that education's the route i'm not saying college is the route i'm saying there are routes that make you more valuable i'm on this podcast i i met you through a speaking engagement the, where i've invested my money is in my business and in my personal development and all those things and it's and it's translated and and i have more money because of that so that's that's yeah. number one um number two is understand optimization think like there there's always money to be made in optimization. The definition of optimization is to take a current situation and make it better. Of course. Look at your opportunity and how do you make it better? And so one of the things that we, our whole company is built around helping people optimize their money. Take, give us your money situation and we'll make it better. Mm -hmm. We'll find areas that you're losing money um, or you're overpaying on your taxes or you're not maximizing your investments or you're not maximizing your, your income streams. And so, 
So there's always like if you can continuing to look at situations and look at your own life and say, how do I how do I take this current situation and make it better, make it make it more effective? That's going to be key. Another another thing is money follows value. Mon think of money as just a just a scorecard. Okay, money yeah. is just money is just will go to wherever there's value. And so as someone who's young, who wants to make a difference, if you can create value in the world, there's the people will pay you for that. So for instance, um, if you cut if you cut someone's grass, that's that's valuable, right? Yeah. They, they will pay you. Mm -hmm. Now, the second principle of that is if you can figure out how to bring more value to the world there, like for so it's like, you, I will pay you for that one piece of value. But the more value that you bring, it can be exponential. That is why, you know, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, no matter what you think of him, he's one of the wealthiest people in the world right now because Amazon has created massive value, not just for one individual, but for, you know, millions of people, millions of people. And so that is an example of Amazon. That's an example of, of taking value proposition and multiplying it. And so again, if we can think number one, we are our greatest asset. The number one investment we can make in it is ourself. You can always probably make more money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I say yeah. probably because it's not, but it's like really for most people, there's, there's an entrepreneurial DNA that they can tap into. And then number two, optimize, like just think through like in, in anything that you're in, like how do we make it better? How do we make it more effective? Number three, yeah. money follows value, figure out how to be valuable to people and then figure out how to multiply that value. And then the fourth thing is, is what I call ROR and ROR stands for return on result. Wall Street is going to tell you, Chase, to just focus on rate of return and rate of return is important. It's one of the 11 attributes of a perfect investment that I that I would say it's a it's a function of time value of money it's it's almost like a law I won't call it that but if, if you invest your money over time it will grow and and part of that growth is rate of return yeah but yeah. but here's here's the big thing that I'm I'm gonna be like really really bullish on these next couple of years is majority of people are not investing their time and their money to get the kind of results that they want because they don't know what they want Mm -hmm. And so you find a lot of people that are investment gurus and they're trying to hack the systems and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, they're spending their time and money and they're not focused on the thing that will, they actually want. So the way that you go through this exercise is you get really clear on what you want as an, as an individual. And you might not know, I, I don't know everything that I want. You probably don't know everything that you want, but you, you might, you might know some of the things that you want to see in life. And one of the things, if like money didn't matter, what would you be doing? And like, what would be most fulfilling? And that's definitely something that you should be focused on. Um, but then through that journey, don't try to get caught up in the, this is how I should spend my life because this is going to be the best rate of return. Spend your time and your money getting the results that you want to get and invest in assets or yourself or in people that will help you live that reality. Re-listen to that part if that didn't fully make sense because there's a yeah. lot, of, it's very deep. And you'll find that majority of people spend their whole entire life working on uh, for other people's expectations of what they should spend their life doing. And it's empty. It's extremely empty. People are in jobs that they hate. People are investing money in markets that they don't understand. People are, you know, making a lot of money and not happy because that that and that behavior, that result that they're getting isn't the deep result that they actually want. Yeah. Wow. Like, like Caleb said, I go back and listen to those last five minutes because that would that's huge. Oh wow! I I you said one thing in there um, that really that really stuck out to me, and you say you say it. I think it's how it's like on the second page of your book, um, the end asset. You say 
what would you be doing if money wasn't a problem? I think that, that that's, that's huge. I don't think people really think about that because it's always like, oh, how do I pay for my next car? How do I make, how do I pay the bills this month? And I, I think that people, you know, you don't, you never move beyond that. I think a lot of people never move beyond that. Like, oh, got to pay this, got to pay that. And I think with that question right there, you can, you can get people to see, to see their, their why, like you talk about, like, what, what do you really want? You know? Yeah. And I, I think that that's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's I, awesome, Caleb. Yeah. Most, most people aren't willing to do that. But again, Chase, if you, if you just spend the week really thinking through some of those things, I'm telling you, it could save you 20, 30, 40 years of your life. Oh, yeah. I, I think that that's one, one mistake that people make a lot is starting to think about these things early on. Because yep. um, I think the, the mentality that a lot of my friends have, and a lot of even not even just my friends, but older people that I know, um, is like, I'm young, you know, <laughs> I'm young, I don't have to worry about it. That's a problem for my future self. And that's just not true at all. I mean, you're every day, you know, you're creating your life, you talk about your life, like it's this abstract idea, but every single day that you do things, that is your life. Right. And I think when people don't, don't think about their future and just live only in the present, they, they're making a mistake. And I think that, as you said, it can lead to a loss of 30, 40 years of your life. Yep. Right. And it would suck to look back and realize, oh, I messed up, you know? Right, man. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's big value, Caleb. Yeah, so that's, man. And those, those four rules, I love it. So we're just going to go back a little bit because that, that was a, that was our big truth bombs. I can't get over that. 19 CFO and then you left the bank. Yeah. So you, you had, you had all this knowledge, you had all these connections and you, you left the bank to go, to go start a company better. Well, why? Because I have this, I had this mission statement that I made that hung on the wall that I, and I look at it every day and it said to help people see and reach their highest potential. Mm -hmm. And I knew that after college, I was at the bank for status and security. Yes. Safety. And I, I remember looking at that sign and, and going, okay, help people see and reach their highest potential. Okay. I was at a bank. I was helping people. It was great. But I knew that there were better ways to help people. I, you know, in a bank, in the banking world, you're regulated and you have to be really careful to do certain things. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I, I didn't want to get them in trouble. And so I was just sitting back and when people come, came in, I would help them, but I wasn't really actively trying to share the message. And I knew I learned so much about money. I just, I just, I had this like deep burning desire to get, get something off the ground. And so I, I just, I remember like just saying to myself, like I'm 21 years old. No one, like most 21 year olds are not even out of college yet. Yeah. And like, I'm telling you 20, 21 years old and starting a, a company is in the financial space is like crazy people thought i was nuts and i don't necessarily <laughs> i don't recommend it to be honest like i i had just a really unique up like upbringing and i had a lot of mentors but i ended up saying like you know what if i fail i fail but i like i really made a commitment to myself that i wasn't going to regret life like i just want to live life with no regrets and so i left and it was i i did it the right way gave the bank like six minutes slash seven months heads up so we transitioned well and even after i left 
I helped um, helped out. And so like that, that was, that was something that I wanted to make sure that I left people better off um, yeah. than, than, you know, before I met them. And then, and then we started better wealth and it was, it was a humble beginning. I had two people that really bought into the vision of better wealth and helped me start it. We, uh, I still lived at home. Our office was um, an office under Papa, Papa John's building. So it wasn't necessarily <laughs> the most um, great. It wasn't the best location. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but we, we started. Um, that's when, you know, I started a podcast and that's when I started you know, working on the book. And I just, I, we just had this understanding of people understood like our true intentions and they understood how we could help people. There would be a line outside the door. And so I would just say consistency. There was so many times that I, I just like, I never was at the point where I was like, I'm going to quit, but I'm like, yeah. man, this would be so much easier to just get a job. <laughs> And like, there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with jobs. There's, I employ 15 people and they're all a part of a mission bigger than themselves. So it's, it's, you just have to really get clear on what you want. There's nothing wrong with having a job. Of but course. I was just like, it was a, definitely a grind. It was definitely a grind. And it just, uh, we saved money and every, like, thank goodness I wasn't investing in a bunch of other things other than myself because better wealth would not exist. If we didn't, if I didn't save money early on and we use every single penny to get this thing off the ground mm -hmm. and everything takes more time and money than, than you expect. Yeah. Up. So, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that was my mindset and people thought I was crazy and maybe I was a little bit crazy, but I, I remained humble and I didn't spend money. And so that those two factors and I, I remained hungry and those, those are the factors that made better wealth go from non-existent in a basement of a Papa John's to, you know, international. Cause we have, yeah. we have clients in other countries now as well and have three, three full-time better wealth coaches and have a whole team behind us publishing a podcast every day. Like it's, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And I, it, it was really easy though. Right. Like you spent like two or three hours a day, you know, like you're, you're sitting at home watching Netflix and then you're like, you know, I, I kind of feel like going up and working on some finance stuff. You head over to your office, right? Just yeah, two, three hours a day, real easy. I, I woke up and would leave my parents' house before seven. Mm -hmm. And I was usually at the office till 1130 midnight wow. every day, including weekends. The, the only thing that I would watch is I was, I was a Packer fan. So I'm heartbroken <laughs> by our, our loss, but um, I would watch the Packer games mm -hmm. and I always valued people. And so our office was right next to a Starbucks. And so I would, I had, I still maintained friendships and I, it was guarded. I didn't, I didn't go out. I did. I was, you know, if you ask a lot of my friends are like, yeah, Caleb, like would like come, come hang out for like 30 minutes and then bail. So I like, I always like, I valued people. That's never mm -hmm. going to change. I love people that case here's a, here's a good thing. Like I'm clear on what my why is. This podcast, I'm here because I want to support you, and I want to. I get a lot of fulfillment to see you successful. Thank but, you. I'm, but I'm not here to grow a business. Of Same thing yeah. goes with with friendships. And again, it's not right or wrong. It's just like for me, I know that people are are what's really going to fulfill me. And so I've never went out of balance there. But the reason I did move is I wanted to take the business to the next level, and I knew the where I was wasn't gonna it, I wasn't in an environment that could take it to the next level and so moving has its pros and cons we spent more money in the move um, but it put me in an environment that just put me on a whole nother level of course yeah no that makes perfect sense I mean it, it, that's a crazy it's a crazy story Caleb I mean 
would you say seven to 11? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could, you could say that for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's like 16 hour days every single day, all week. That's, and, and by the way, not getting paid too. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I was sometime, someday it will pay off. We're still in the midst. Like if you look at the money that we make and the people that we pay, mm-hmm. I could, I could be making a ton of money. I'm <laughs> doing fine. I'm doing just fine. But if you look at where, where my time and money's going, it, it's, it's the people and building something that I believe is going to make a tremendous difference in, in this country, in this world. And I'm not going to stop until it's finished. Of course. You know, I, I, I think what you, what you just said right there, what you described is really important is that you said, you said that you, you could be making a lot of money, but you'd rather be building something that can change the world. And I, I first off, that's just amazing. Not, there, no, almost no one has that kind of a mentality. And second off, I think if more people thought like that, I think our world would be a much better place because you're right. You, you, I mean, I don't, I don't know your finance position, but you could probably be making millions of dollars. Not, well, not quite, but maybe <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> not millions. Well, you know, just a million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's really amazing. And you, so you started better. Well, 16 hour days, um, and it's been what two, how long has it been since you founded the company? It, we founded the company um, in, in 2017, but really started taking it seriously in 2018. So we're very much on, we've, we've had three profitable years mm-hmm. and let's hope this will be another <laughs> profitable yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. So, so three years. So in, in the last three years, you've gone from yourself and you said what, like two other people yeah. to, yeah. A, to yeah. a team of 15 and actually one of the co-founders died. Um, oh. in the process of starting better wealth and died of cancer and i, I i'll you know it very much gives you perspective that life is valuable life is short be intentional and so it's given us perspective of like one of the last words that he said to me is he said caleb don't forget the reason why we started the reason why he said that is is especially young people tend to fall into this i was falling into this for sure is like i was focused on metrics i was focused on um, competition. And I was losing focus on like the people that we were actually serving. Yeah. So it was just that it was just an example of like, Caleb, don't, don't forget the reason why you started to begin with. And, um, and so, yeah, our, you know, it's, (laughs) I could talk a lot about that, but, but yeah. So, so the other person that helped me start was his name was Dan. He, Mm -hmm. and he runs our operations as a company and we both, we both have yet to fully see the payoff, but the payoff is less about the money and more just about the actual impacting the game. Because if you really want to get into the financial planning world, there's a lot of things wrong with financial planning. There's a lot of people not doing right by people. And so there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And instead of waiting for the government to change and all, all these things, like let's, let's just do it through capitalism and let's, let's do it by adding value. Because yeah, of course, going back to the lesson, if you can add value and if you can multiply the value add, um, a funny thing happens, a transfer of wealth happens and, and a word that we love using is impact happens as well. And th- those are the things that we're really, we're really seeking and, and going for. Yeah, no, well, I, I, I am, did not know the, uh, the cancer story there. So I, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sure that, I'm sure that, was, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I'm sure that, oh man. Well, I mean, at least if nothing else came from it, at least it at least it made you see what see see the world as it was, you know. 
that are and, time limited. Yes, that's a hundred percent. And so it's it. Here's here's the big thing that that I, I want to leave you with, man. Is like, don't take your life too seriously, because it's going to be over pretty shortly. And oh, I don't God. say that. I don't don't take that the wrong way. Don't take like my technology is amazing. We could be living to hundred plus years, but at the end of the day, it it goes really quick. And so think about that whenever you're afraid of failing, whenever you're afraid to go for something, because the fear of what other people think of you is probably the number one thing that you need to look at, look in the mirror at, because that's what most people, most people are living mediocre lives because of what they're, they're afraid of what their friends, what their family, what other people will think of them. And, and here's the reality. People might think you're crazy. People might criticize you, but is your value in what they think of you? Or is in your, I mean, this is way more, I'm going to get spiritual here, which I, I won't on your podcast, but is your value in, in them or is your value in something deeper than that? Yeah. And the people that can really look at, that can put criticism aside and say, my value is not tied up in what people think of me. That I, that I believe is true freedom. That I believe is living intentionally. That I believe is, is so much bigger. And, and what, what I think is, is living intentionally, which is all of what we're, our company's all about. And again, they take that all with a grain of salt, but that's, that's one of the things that it's like knowing that life is short sometimes mm -hmm. helps with saying, Hey, I don't really care what, what my, what my aunt Jane thinks of this decision <laughs> at the end of the day in 200 years, it's not gonna, it's, she's not going to care. And I'm not going to care because we're both going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, seeing people around my, me and just in general consumed with what everyone else thinks about them. Like, I mean, you see it all the time on social media and I think social media has deep, like worsened the problem a hundredfold. Um, just seeing people obsessed with their own image, I think really is, is detrimental to everything that they do. And I, I don't think there's really anything to gain from it. And I've, I've always kind of lived with the idea that I don't care what people think of me. Um, because like you said, in hundred years, we're all going to be dead anyways. So right. keep it up in 10 years. They won't even remember what I, what, what happened. Right. So right. just that, that idea of living fully without a care of what other people think of you. Yep. I think that that's essential and yeah, but it kind of goes I, back to what we were talking about earlier, knowing your why and, and just being tenacious and just, you know, knowing what you want from the world. hundred percent. Right. Do you want to sit back and let other people judge who you are and decide where your life is going to go? Or do you want to seize your own future and just go out there and do great things? That's right, man. You're not, you're not going to get that by, by having other people judge you. So no, that's a truth bomb, Caleb. That's a truth bomb. Now I, we are get. I, I know you got another obligation in a little bit here. So I want, I do want to be respectful of your time. So I, I just have one, one last question for you, um, Caleb. So this is the Entrepreneurial Youth Podcast. So if you were going to go to a young entrepreneur and give them like two pieces of advice, what would you say to them? I already know you dropped a couple of knowledge bombs, but is there anything else that you might say? Yeah, so, so the first thing that I would say is I would recommend reading a couple core books so and and it really comes back to being proactive because if you're young don't try to don't try to have the pressure of figuring it all out 
but start understanding what some of your core values are as a human being. And then your decisions should be made based on those core values. So core. seven habits of highly effective people were, was a great book. Uh, the go giver was another great book for me to read. Um, you know, even, you know, think and grow rich was an interesting book to read that really helped me start thinking about some things. So, so pick some of those, you know, how to win friends and influence people. So that, that would be like, Step number one is, and it remember, it goes back to continue to feed yourself. You got you, you to control your own mind before you can go out and right. change the world. And then, and then what I would do is I would write down a list of 100 people that you admire, that you would want to learn from, that you respect. And I would see if you, could, if you could start a process of actually reaching out and having a conversation or learning from them. And whether it's starting a podcast, whether it's seeing if you could, by the way, if you're young and you treat someone to, to lunch, there's a good chance that they're going to pay for lunch. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's just like that. Those are the things that I would just like, I would, people are not doing, but if you're young, invest in yourself and, and start reaching out to others. And, and, and when you read the go-giver, you realize that you're not reaching out to others to take, you're just reaching out to others to learn. And one of the most giving things that you can do is saying, Caleb, I respect you. I want to learn from you. Let me like sit at your feet and ask you questions just like you've been doing. And so sure. you would think that this is like a one-way relationship, but it's not because by me being on here, I have the joy of giving back. I have the joy of seeing myself uh, in you. I have the joy of wanting you to be wildly successful. And so we have to understand that it's a, it's a two-way street and to be giving that way. If you are young and you do those, both th those two things, um, remember me in 10 years and uh, just, I'll just leave that at that because you will be successful. I, I, when I, when I write my book someday, I'll mention you, Caleb, don't worry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll give you a shout out. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, that I th you're completely right. I mean, you said it earlier, your network is your net worth. So starting to reach out and meet these people at a young age is just absolutely invaluable. And that for a lot of people that may seem out of their reach, but I'm 16 and I had this idea for a podcast. What is it? It's 29. I had an idea for a podcast like 30 days ago. I just, I don't even remember what it was. I saw someone else who was like, Hey, what if I started a podcast? And I was like, Hey, that's kind of smart. And here I am. It's been 30 days. I'm talking with you and you're a brilliant finance expert. And tomorrow I'm talking with another guy, Ben Pasternak. That'll be the next show out. And I mean, it's been 30 days yeah. and even in that short amount of time, I've been able to get in contact with two wildly successful people. And I'm talking with a third and a fourth. So I, people think that it's out of their reach, but, and for, in my head, I was like, oh, these people will never actually respond to me, but they did, you know? Right. And I, 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 I don't know why. <laughs> you have a benefit of what, what I call the student card. And, and by the way, everyone can go for it. But if you're young and listening to this, if you're under the age of 20 and you reach out to somebody, there's just a that much greater chance for you to break through the barriers because they're not threatened by you. They're, they're, there's this like sense to want to give back. And so keep it up, man. If you stay consistent, can you imagine when you're 20 years old, how many people you'll know? Four years. Yeah, that, that's, that'd be insane. I just keep it up, man. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of times people think it's much harder than it is. Right. But in the end, in 30 days, and I'm already seeing, I'm already seeing results. So I think 
I think that people just need to get out there and get after it. That's right. No, you're Caleb. That was some real tangible evidence. And it's, it's been awesome having you on today. I mean, thank you so much for being here and talking with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Of course. Have a great day. All right, guys, that was my talk with Caleb. He had some absolutely amazing tips for anyone who's just starting out, and there are a lot of things to learn from him. I particularly liked when he talked, when he said that you need to remember to have fun. Uh, it's good to work hard, but you can't work so hard that you throw away your life. Um, with that idea in mind, I hope that you like the show. If you liked this episode, feel free to share it with someone you know might benefit, and tell all your friends about the awesome new podcast you discovered. All right, guys, take care, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.